Our Bible reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and I want to read the first 18 verses. So if you have your Bible, then follow with me. Remember, we're reading, of course, from the authorized version. John chapter 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, Tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text this Easter Sunday morning is taken from John chapter 20 in the verse 15 through to 17. The verse 15 reads, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Now, my theme today is entitled, From Heartbreak to Hope Through Christ's Resurrection. Now, these words form part of a conversation that the Lord Jesus had with Mary Magdalene 
on the very first morning of his resurrection from the dead. According to John chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, Mary Magdalene had come to the tomb very early on the first Easter Sunday. It was still quite dark. She discovered that the stone had been taken away from the sepulchre. Immediately she ran to tell Peter and John this terrible news. She assumed that the body had been stolen, and she said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we don't know where they have laid him. Both Peter and John ran to the garden where the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea was located. John arrived first, the Bible tells us, that he looked in, saw the linen clothes lie, but that he didn't go in at that precise moment. When Simon Peter arrived, he just rushed past John at the entrance, came right into the tomb, saw the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then John joined him. Once inside the tomb, the Bible tells us, he saw and believed. Yet despite this, both men, seeing the empty tomb, seeing the grave clothes, they did not at this time fully appreciate or grasp the significance of what they saw. Neither did they fully comprehend the scriptures that taught that Jesus Christ must rise again from the dead. Both men then returned home. However, Mary Magdalene, who had come back to the tomb, also remained there weeping. The Bible tells us in verse 11, but Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. She wept loudly. She wept uncontrollably. She was in a real state of shock. She was feeling great physical and emotional grief and distress at this time. She wanted to find the body of Jesus. She was willing to carry the corpse away if necessary. She imagined that someone had robbed the tomb. And in her mind, she was thinking, who would do such a despicable thing? In her state of deep distress and confusion, she too stooped down and looked into the tomb. And at that precise moment, she saw two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Immediately the angels asked her, Why weepest thou? They seemed perplexed by her tears and her loud sobs. Look at her answer in verse 13. Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And upon giving answer, she stood up straight, she turned her back to the tomb's entrance and immediately saw a man standing in the garden. He too said to her the same question, Woman, why weepest thou? He added a second question, Whom seekest thou? The Bible tells us that she, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him. And I will take him away. Now look with me at verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. One word, Mary. 
And immediately she turned herself to him and replied, Rabboni. Instantly she was before him. She she wanted to lay hold upon him. She wanted to, to cling to him and to listen to what he said in verse 17. Touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. He then proceeded to give her this instruction. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend. And this narrative ends with Mary Magdalene going and telling the disciples that she had seen the Lord and relayed the things that he had spoken unto her. Now this morning... I want to ask why the Lord Jesus Christ and the holy angels asked Mary the same question, Woman, why weepest thou? Surely they knew she was keeping a heartbroken vigil at the tomb. So so why ask the question? I don't believe that it was certainly not asked to gain information. It was definitely not to malign her. It was not to mistreat her. It wasn't certainly to mock her for being stupid. So if none of these things are correct, then why ask the question? I believe it's because they wanted her to think. They wanted her to seek for Christ. They wanted her to get a fresh glimpse of him, especially in his resurrection victory. Now, that is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ wants for you and me this Easter Sunday morning. He knows that many of us are in a place called Heartbreak Hotel. He knows that we are despondent because of life's circumstances and situation. He knows that some are facing overwhelming trials. Some of you are experiencing the pangs of deep grief. Some are you at the point of despair. And if that's your situation this morning, then I have a message for you. And this is the message that you can know today and experience a joyous hope, even in the midst of the worst of trials. How, you ask? Well, here's the answer. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, by faith in him, You can be brought from a state even of justifiable heartbreak to a joyous hope through Christ's resurrection. So here's my text this morning. John 20, verses 15 through to 17. And here's the title of this message. From heartbreak to hope through Christ's resurrection. Now notice a few things. I want you to think of the heartbroken person Addressed, It says in our text, Jesus saith unto her, Woman. Now stop and think. Who was the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to? Now the answer, simple young people. Mary Magdalene. Look with me at chapter 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. We read in verse 11, but Mary stood at the sepulcher weeping. We read in verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, 
Mary. And we read in verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and they'd spoken these things unto her. The heartbroken person that was addressed this morning was a woman called Mary Magdalene. Now I want you to notice the timeline here for this address. This is important. It was on the first day of the week. John chapter 20, verse 1, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. The first day of the week was the day after the Jewish Sabbath. The first day of the week is the day that the early church met for divine worship. Why? Because it was the day that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. It was not a question of which day shall we pick or the thought being one day is as good as the next. No, the early church assembled for worship on the first day of the week, not Monday, not Wednesday, not Friday, but Sunday, the day of the sun. And that day was not picked or set by Constantine the Great or the Council of Nicaea. No, the first day of the week is the day for divine worship because it's the day that we celebrate and remember the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's important that you grasp this. God has decreed this day as the day for worship because on this day, the Lord Jesus arose bodily from the dead. And even though this morning we cannot physically meet in God's house, we do meet through this live broadcast. We're doing it unto the Lord. And as we meet together on this Easter Sunday, like every Sunday, we must remember the resurrection, victory, and glory of Jesus Christ bodily from the dead. Now, not only is the timeline important here, but the tears are important. The Bible tells us in verse 11, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. I want you to think of Mary and her heartbroken vigil at the tomb. The word weeping here means loud sobs, uncontrollable. As we would say in Bush Mills, where I come from, she was greeting her eyes out. She was a woman in deep distress. Remember, she had spent most of the day on Friday at Calvary. She saw and witnessed the brutal, horrible crucifixion of Jesus Christ on the tree. She witnessed those brutal acts of inhumanity upon the body of the Lord Jesus, one that she loved. It had an impact on her heart and mind. It impacted on her eyes. It impacted on her ears. And here she is with a heartbroken vigil at the tomb, and her tears are real. Her tears are raw. And these tears, I believe, have a language all of their own. I want you to notice also that there's a testimony here. Jesus said unto her, Woman. Now, who was the first person to whom the Lord Jesus revealed himself in a post-resurrection experience? And the answer is, a woman. The, the first post-resurrection appearance was to a woman. And it was not just any woman. That woman was Mary Magdalene. The Lord Jesus picked a woman called Mary Magdalene. Isn't it interesting? He didn't pick his mother. 
He didn't pick Mary of Bethany. Remember, she had already anointed the body of Jesus about five days earlier uh, for his burial uh, before his death. No, he picked Mary Magdalene. Do you know that Mary Magdalene had a, a steamy past? It says in Luke chapter 8 and verse 2, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Now, seven in the Bible is the number of perfection. Think of a woman with seven devils. In other words, this woman was under the total domination of satanic power and influence. Mary Magdalene was a spiritual captive to the devil. She had spent her life under the control of the devil. She was living a life like a tragic, hopeless existence. And her life was being destroyed by the part of darkness. Yet in the gracious providence of God and through the power of Jesus Christ, she was wonderfully saved and brought into a wonderful saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice she called Jesus Christ to the angels, my Lord. She could talk about my Lord and my love. Mary Magdalene is an insignificant, demon-possessed woman. A woman with a steamy past. A woman who lived a life of sin. Of course, what her actual sin was is not recorded in the Holy Scriptures. She is regarded in the first century, not just because she was a woman, but because she was, uh, as a woman, as an unreliable witness. She'd have been looked upon as being too emotional or, or too cloudy in her judgment. And yet the Lord Jesus chose this woman, not Peter, not James, not John, not any of the other eight. It was her. My Lord, she called him. Mary was living for Christ. Mary loved Christ. Mary was loyal to Christ. Do you know that she was last to leave the cross where he died? Do you know that she was first at the tomb? And even when Peter and John was there, Mary came back. And we read in the scriptures, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. Maybe you feel that you're insignificant today in God's sight, that you're no one special. Maybe you too have a steamy past. Maybe you too, you're living under the control of the devil. Maybe you're living a, a light of life of sin and you're thinking, well, the Lord doesn't know me. The Lord couldn't save me. The Lord couldn't use me. Well, I want to tell you, the Lord does know all about you and the Lord can gloriously save you today. And not only that, but the Lord can use you. Maybe you feel exactly like Mary and you're sitting listening to me this morning and you're heartbroken and you're full of tears and grief. And I want you to know this. The Lord wants you to see him. The Lord wants you to seek for him. The Lord wants you to get down on your knees right now and pray. And on the basis of his word, cry out, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, show yourself to me. I want you to think not only of the heartbroken person addressed, but I want you to think of the heartbreaking process which was appraised. Think of these words. One, why weepest thou? Two times Mary heard that question 
on that first resurrection morning from the angels and from the lips of the Lord Jesus. Remember, her tears are real. They're raw. And now they're being realized, not only by the holy angels, but by the Lord Jesus himself. He takes notice of it, and they ask this question, Woman, why weepest thou? Why was Mary weeping? Let me try to answer that. Mary was focusing on the death of Christ by crucifixion. As I've said, Mary spent most of Friday at Calvary, the place of the skull. And for many hours that day, she witnessed the horrible death by crucifixion of the Lord Jesus that she loved at the hands of the Roman soldiers. She saw there the most terrible, brutal acts of inhumanity. She thought about the physical sufferings on the body of Christ. Her ears would have heard every word that come from his parched lips. She beheld his blood-soaked body. She, she, she heard the crowd mocking him and jeering him. She even saw the centurion thrust the spear into his side and the water and the blood coming out. And she knew that he was really dead. And her mind was on this event. And he was, she was full of sorrow and pain. Mary focused on finishing the embalming of the body of the Lord Jesus. She didn't know, of course, that the body had already been anointed beforehand five days earlier in the house of Mary of Bethany. Mary was thinking, but that's no way to treat a body. The body has to be properly embalmed with spices. Mary was also focused on finding the missing body of the Lord Jesus. She wept loudly. She wept uncontrollably. So much so that she could not see. She had lost sight of the bigger picture. And the master asked her, why are you weeping? And he wants her to stop. He wants her to think. He, 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 he knows that she's not seeing and realizing anything but focusing on the death of Christ. Focusing on putting spices on a dead body. Focusing on finding the body. Her, her mind is full, but she can't see the bigger picture. She doesn't see God's plan. She doesn't see God's purpose in all this. She can't see what God is doing. She can't see that God has worked. She doesn't see or realize anything of resurrection victory. And aren't we so often like Mary? Do we not focus today on the deeds of evil and wicked men. Mary was thinking of the men who murdered my Lord. Now they've taken away his body. How cruel, how evil, but they hadn't. This was a false assumption. Mary could not see the power of God. Mary could not see the purposes of God. She could not see that evil men can't stop the sovereign purposes of God. Mary forgot Many of the Savior's words. Remember he said on one occasion, destroy this body. And in three days I will raise it up from the dead. Maybe like Mary you've seen and witnessed some horrendous, horrible atrocities that have taken place. Maybe you're enduring physical pain right now. You've got mental struggles. You've got emotional scars. And you can't understand how these things can be. We live in a world where there's a persecution of many Christians. I heard a story recently of a 13-year-old boy, a Nigerian boy, a believer who loved the Lord Jesus Christ, one who trusts in Christ as Lord and Redeemer. Did you know that on the 28th of January 2015, just over five years ago, that boy was attacked? They took a match it to him. 
His head was wounded, his arm was cut off, his right eye was plucked out, even his genitals were cut off, he was left for dead. He was facing huge amounts of trauma. And yet that boy today is an inspiration, one full of hope and joy, because he is experiencing and has experienced the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in his soul. And that's what we need. It's not wrong to weep. The Lord Jesus wept. John 11 verse 35. The shortest verse in the Bible. We can be well aware that death has come to many homes in Northern Ireland with coronavirus. I, I think about the very tragic accident that took the life of young Matthew Arnold on Tuesday night. A, a young man who sat amongst us in this church for worship. And I'm aware that death is painful. And I'm aware that death seems final. And I know that loved ones will miss the physical presence of their dear loved ones. And they'll think, well, we're not going to see them again in this life. That's how Mary felt. And Mary wept. In fact, she bawled. And the Lord Jesus was not making light of her tears. He was not dismissing them. He was not mocking her. He was not telling her to dry up her tears. No, he knows her sorrow is real. He knows the sorrow is raw. But you know, those in Christ have a sorrow, not as those who have no hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through to 18. Because every true believer in Christ has a real hope. The hope of resurrection from the dead. The hope that Jesus Christ is alive. The hope that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. You see, his bodily resurrection from the dead guarantees the resurrection from the dead of all who trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is alive today, people. Oh, that we could get sight of that. Jesus Christ is reigning today. Jesus Christ is a, a reigning redeemer today. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to bring us home to heaven. And it's all part of God's plan and God's purpose. So we can focus on this fact. We can focus on this reality. And we can begin to think. And we can begin to apply this to our a dark set of circumstances. To our disappointments in life. To our trials. To our hardship. Even to the deeds of wicked men. E even the death of a loved one. Even the persecution of Christians. Even horrible things that have happened. We read there in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, a, a tremendous statement about the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's hear the word of God. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden off it. Mary. Here's the message. The tomb is empty. Not because someone has stolen me. But it's empty because I'm risen from the dead. I'm alive and alive forevermore. It is true that death is real and raw and leaves the soul full of sorrow. But you know... Whenever the soul leaves the body and the body is buried, that's not the end. Because one day the body of your loved one will rise again. And there'll be a glorious resurrection from the dead. And Jesus is saying, my resurrection guarantees your resurrection. 
over in the book of Romans again, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, we read these words. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If you're born again of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, then the Spirit of Christ guarantees also your resurrection from the dead. Here's the antidote for her weeping. Her mind was full of the sights and sounds of the resurrected Christ. Yes, we do live in a world full of sorrow and full of trouble. And there's many burdened souls and there's hardship and difficult circumstances. Maybe you're facing the loss of a job. Maybe it is the death of a loved one. Maybe it's, it's some horrible atrocity that has taken place. Maybe it's the breakup of a marriage. Maybe it's the loss of your health. You have problems at home. You have a sad set of circumstances. Maybe your life is full of guilt of sins that are past and even sins that are present. And what is your greatest need today? Well, it's a fresh glimpse of the risen Christ because he's the one who brings you hope. He's the only one who can bring you real joy. You don't have to be controlled by your weeping. You don't have to let it master you. You can be controlled by the word of God and remember what the angel said he is not here he is risen as he said come and see the place where the Lord lay I want us to think thirdly and quickly of the heart searching principle to be applied if you go back to our text the Lord Jesus asked a second question to Mary and it was this whom seekest thou and here's the answer he wanted Mary to seek the crucified, risen, ascended, reigning Savior. And that's the principle to be applied to your heart and mind in your state of weeping. Mary was seeking a dead Christ, a dead body. Her love for Christ, of course, is commendable. It, it was lovely. That, that, but, but, but what good would it do to haul off a dead body? What good would it do to add a few more spices even though the body was already anointed for burial, what good would it do, Mary, to add a few more spices? Mary was to discover this principle, a heart-searching principle that needed to be applied. You see, we seek a ransomed Redeemer. We read in the Scriptures in Mark chapter 10 and in the verse 45, speaking of the Lord Jesus. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. And over there in the book of Isaiah, we read in Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid in him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And remember, we thought last week of Psalm 22 and verse 1, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? A psalm that has to do with the crucifixion of Christ. Why did he die? He died the death of a substitute, the death of a sin bearer, the death of a 
sin offering. He died as a once and for all sacrifice for sin so that he could become our saviour. And remember, he did this willingly. He did it voluntarily. In John 10, we read, Therefore doth my father love me, in verse 17, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Could you seek this morning the one who gave us life a ransom for many? The one who truly died in your guilty room instead? I believe the Roman soldiers knew those that were crucified unto death. They knew the Lord Jesus was really dead, but just to make sure, the centurion lifted up his spear and plunged it into the side of Christ, and out came water and blood. But all the while he was dying on the cross, he was in absolute control. The Bible tells us that he bowed his head and cried, it is finished, and gave up the ghost and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And, and we seek a, 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 a ransomed redeemer. We, we rejoice in the redemptive work of Christ that that work is finished. We also seek a, a risen redeemer. Isn't this the great hope of every child of God? Doesn't this alleviate every fear that one could have? You see, the Lord Jesus is not like any other religious leader in the world. He's not like Muhammad. He's not like Gandhi. The Lord Jesus is not just a powerful teacher. He's not just a mighty healer. He's not just a good man. See, some people have this thought that the Lord Jesus is just a, a good man but they don't believe in his resurrection from the dead. I, I want to tell you, this is what the Apostle Paul says. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Listen to these words, 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. For in this life only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. But listen to verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first of them that slept. Here's Paul's argument. If Christ isn't risen, not only are they false witnesses, but men and women are still in their sins. And they have no hope beyond the grave. And they are of all men most miserable. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ is foundational to the whole edifice of the Christian faith. And there's an abundance of evidence for the resurrection. And Paul, with affirmation, says, But now is Christ risen from the dead. This is a message of hope. This is a message of joy. This is a message of blessing. This message, of course, fulfilled many of the Old Testament prophecies. And we even have to think this morning of those words of the Lord Jesus himself in John chapter 11, in the home of Martha and Mary. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. 
believest thou this? She saith unto them, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. We also must seek a, a reigning Savior. The Lord Jesus said to Mary, Touch me not. Well, what did he mean? He allowed others to touch him that morning. But he meant, Don't cling to me, Mary. He was not saying, Mary, don't come near me. But he is saying to Mary, I have to ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I've got to go there and present myself as the mediator of the new covenant. I've got to go and present the, 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 the sacrifice of the precious blood. You see, here's proof that it wasn't a phantom body. I believe the Lord Jesus was raised bodily and literally from the dead. I believe, of course, that he arose in victory and power. And, of course, I believe the Lord Jesus is in total and absolute full control over this world that he has made. And he now reigns and lives in the power of an endless life. We should also seek a residing Redeemer. We read in Romans 8 and 9, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives and resides in the hearts and lives of God's people? You can be born of the Spirit and led of the Spirit, and prompted by the Spirit. You can be gifted by the Holy Spirit. You, you can also receive the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ is one and the same. It's the same Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, helps us to grow, but he especially helps us to know Christ. He reveals Christ to us. So I asked this morning, are you born again of the Holy Spirit? Do you know Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Do you know the joy of a full and free and forever pardon? Is it well with your soul? We also should seek a returning Redeemer. Surely this would stir the heart. The Lord Jesus, remember, left uh, 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 when he ascended a place called Bethany or was near Bethany on the uh, Mount of Olivet. And we read there in Acts chapter 1 and in verse 11, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. You see, we ought to live in light of the Lord's visible bodily return to this earth. Jesus Christ is coming back. He says, I will come again. And are you ready to receive him? If he come in death and took you at this moment, would you be ready? Are you prepared to meet your God? Whenever he comes in power and glory and the last trumpet sounds, will you be ready? You see, here's the heart-searching principle that must be Applied. Whom seekest thou? Well, we seek a ransomed redeemer, a risen redeemer, a, a, a reigning, residing, returning redeemer. And let me finish this morning. There's a heart-stopping power to be acknowledged. You see, to seek the ransomed, risen, reigning, residing, returning redeemer, the one who can turn your sorrows into joy, there's something you must do. If you go back to our text and you look with me very carefully, there's something that you must recognize. You must recognize Christ. The Bible tells us in verse 15, she supposing him to be the gardener saith unto him, Sir. See, Mary at first didn't recognize Christ. 
She wasn't expecting him. She did not know him. Maybe her eyes were withholding for a few minutes. But in order for him to turn your sorrow into joy, in order for you to seek him, you must recognize who he is. You must have a regard for him. Mary was told, touch me not. In other words, don't cling to me just yet. What was she told? But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and to your God. She was to go and tell the brethren. Psalm 22 verse 22, look it up. I will testify to my brethren in the great congregation. Men like Peter who denied him was oaths and cursings. Men like Thomas who had doubted. The, the other um, few that, that had failed him and, and left him at the cross and, and went back to Galilee. Mary recognized Christ. Mary received Christ. He knew her name. He said unto her, Mary. Isn't it true that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life? The Bible talks about his own sheep, that he calleth his own by name. It's not very personal. It's not very powerful this morning. And of course then Mary had a regard for Christ. There was a spirit of honesty here. She was not pretending or trying to cover up her tears. There was a spirit of diligence here. She was first at the tomb. She came back. She, she loved much. She loved Christ. There was a, 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 a spirit of um, individuality. She talked about my Lord. Nothing to do with a group of people. It happened to do with family or, or any of uh, Mary's mates. Mary was no one special. She felt she was no one important. She might even have felt insignificant. And yet she could talk about my Lord. Wasn't there a spirit of obedience here? She obeyed him. Go and tell my brethren. And even though Mary recognized Christ and received Christ and had a regard for Christ, it wasn't going to solve every problem. But Christ was there not only to save Mary, but to give help and support in time of need. I wonder this morning, have you recognized Christ? Have you received Christ? Can he call your name? And you've responded, Master. Will you have a regard for him in his ascension work? And when you go and tell others who belong to the brethren of the great things that the Lord has done for you. May the Lord take his word this morning and apply it to every heart who has heard it.